Ahoy hoy, tungsten tossers. It's the Good Darts podcast brought to you by our friends at Low Six. It's the podcast that's about darts. The darts may be good, the podcast might not. We cannot guarantee it. Coming up, we've got part two of our look ahead to the Masters uh, with some hints for the PDC Picks app. If you're looking to win a few quid in their free-to-enter competition, 500 quid up for grabs, 300 quid top prize. Uh, we're going to hear from one of the most exciting players in the game, the Black Cobra, Jeffrey Desvan. And Wayne Mardle is alongside me to talk all things darts. Wayne, how has your week progressed? Have you managed to do anything other than just stare at your dogs all week? Uh, no, I've been to the beach a couple of times. Then Ooh, with the dogs. fancy, fancy. Do you know what? Without the, without them, mate, I'd, I'd be going madder. Have <laughs> <laughs> you been able to go to Honestly, the beach? Then? We've been under like a foot of snow in Birmingham for the last few days. We had snow for about a minute and a half a couple of days ago. Oh, right, fair enough. Yeah, that's us all. Yeah, fair enough. You, nice little... I, I made a mistake, actually. We did the awards do the other day, uh, and I, I got a rare trip out the house to go and do it down at a cinema in London. Socially distanced, of course. Um, and I was convinced uh, that Damon Hetter, having moved over from Perth, one of the hottest places in the world, uh, that it might have been yeah. the first time that you'd seen snow when it snowed in Derbyshire, yeah. he lives in lives in Ilkeston. Now it turns out he's seen it loads. Been to New Zealand, mate. So that, oh, like, was, that was yeah. So it, it wasn't much of a thing. I thought that was going to be a really exciting thing for him, but no, it didn't even didn't even yeah. lift the boredom of living in Ilkeston. Uh, did you do you have anything oh. to add um, from the darts awards, Wayne? Because I'll be honest, I don't put a great deal of stock in awards. They're nice for people to win and everything, but I tend to think they're rather meaningless, meaningless rubbish. The only one that really stood out was the fans one with Gerwin Price winning Fans Player of the Year. What do you make of that? Yeah, I, I did laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I, I, he couldn't I did. believe it's it. A, it's, yeah, it's a, oh, come on now. Come on. Uh, look, I, I don't make a big thing of them. I'll tell you why, because I've never been in the, the, the last knockings of even even looking like winning one. I, I, do you know what? They're all right, aren't they? They're, they're something. Yeah, well, I mean, you were, you were all, all right. over the Walk-On World Cup and Dart Shirt World Cup, which was basically just an online poll, which is what the fans play with. I forgot about Yeah, you, you couldn't I get enough of that, could you? Yeah, I, I completely forget that I, I've won such such accolades. Uh, but look, it's good, and, and he deserved what he deserved everything apart from the, what was it, the performance of the year or the uh, just oh, the, yeah, the, the game that. of the year. Yeah, Chizzy got that, and quite rightly so. so. It was an amazing yeah. performance. But yeah, look, good on whoever wins them. Well, uh, I've, I've, I used to go to the awards all the time until it become a, a, an expensive hobby, and <laughs> you, you wanted to buy a Mrs M wanted a, a, a JD and Coke, and it was like seventy eight pound forty. Oh, so I no. said, like, get out of it. You have you have tap water. I know there was, so that there, was, was a whole, a there was there was a whole load of things. The, you know, the, the Dorchester got in a whole load of PR media trouble and George Clooney and everybody was waiting in on kidding. it and we've not been back there since. Yeah. But I have to say, no. I was kind of relieved because that was that was a very expensive night. I think a gin and tonic yeah. had set you back about 18 quid. It was horrible. Um, yeah. You just had to sort of like yeah. latch on to somebody who, who looked like they were they were drunk enough to splash the cash and didn't mind getting around yeah. in and then just sort of slink off. Well, yeah, I, I remember. I remember. I was nearer the bar than Peter Manley. Now, I wasn't. I wasn't that near it, but I was nearer to the bar. I was. Yeah. I was probably within about fifteen strides, and mm -hmm. Peter went, "Oh, I'll have a, I'll have a Bacardi and Coke." It's like, no, you, 
will not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting one. I'm not getting one. So we both stood there giving it, but I ain't getting it. So what we did, what we did was just we waited for someone else to approach the bar and give it. All right. Oh How yeah. Are you? They... you all right? Oh, you you get the drink. Yeah. Anyway, we latched on. We, yeah. we, we wasn't being tight, but it's principle, Dan. Look, principle. Is, you can see it around around the bars they have at the Dorchester. A sort of semicircle of vultures, sort of waiting, waiting yeah. for like Barry Hearn to walk past, or somebody with a PDC credit card who just go, "Oh, hi, mate, how's yeah. you going? Are you getting a drink? You know, I was just yeah. about to. Oh, th- thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, that'd be lovely. Um, it's funny you mentioned Manly actually, because I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> going price. He's obviously won fan play, fans player of the year. For a start, do you think that's going to translate when the fans are allowed back in, or do you think they just go back to booing him? Uh, they'll go back to booing him because they think it's funny. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. just not no it isn't it is. I, 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 to be honest I've always maintained the thing if you throw good enough darts if you throw world class darts and, and match winning darts then the crowd will usually just end up cheering you because they've got no choice they're going to jump up and cheer if you throw a 180 yeah. they're going to jump up and cheer if you throw a 170 checkout so just do that a few times and you'll get them on the side um, even if you know, unless you're playing you know Gary Anderson in Glasgow or whatever, that's going to be difficult to turn your way. But most of the time, you yeah. play well enough and they'll turn your way. But Manley did reinvent himself. What was it like seeing Manley, the, the sort of new Peter Manley, having seen him for years and years and years be public enemy number one amongst fans and darts players? Yeah, well, he he hated he hated the booing. Uh, mm. Chrissy didn't like it. It... it, it upset them that it upset everyone to, to do with Peter and it, it then he come on with the earmuffs uh one of the I think it was a Premier League or the or the world match play come on with these pink earmuffs mm. and that I remember saying to him I said that's not a great idea I said because those that weren't going to boo you are now going to boo you and you don't like being booed I said I'm not sure mate Anyway, what what happened was the music. The music happened. The the Amarillo, and and that kind of changed uh, changed everything really. But the, the the crowds were changing as well though. We we used to kind of play in silence and then a raucous atmosphere from one dart to the next with the uh, the circus tavern. Then once we left there, it all changed. The the, the world of darts has never been the same. Uh, I'm not going to say it's not as good uh, because it's better, it's more professional, it's everything else. But with the vast crowds that we got now, you can't. You, they they were self policed. They mm. they can't be self policed now. It's too many, too many. But yeah, it, it was a credit to to Peter. He, he, he withstood it. The the thing that Peter had, and you quite rightly j- just said it, just hit a couple of one eighties, big finishes, and and you'll get them. You'll get them cheering along. Peter Manley, I think, has been one of the most underrated players uh, in recent decades uh, because he didn't win a world title and he's he wasn't one of these uh, massive scorers. His, his actual roundability was up there with anyone's and that's why he was world number one. Yeah, and of course, when he got to world finals, he usually ran into Phil Taylor who... Tended to play his best against him, and yeah. if you're gonna gonna reach world finals yeah, and you and get hidings, yeah, then that's always gonna be. Yeah, it. but you got the re- there. That was it. Yeah, got the yeah. Three get times. to a world final. Three yeah. times. We're getting to a world final. Imagine that, Wayne. Imagine that. 
Ah, oh, shut up now. <laughs> well, look, um, we're not going to ming on uh, for much longer because we've got a really good interview. Uh, and it's a player who's been relentlessly talked up on this podcast, uh, not only by myself, but by the finest analyst in the sport, Mr. Wayne Mardell, sat virtually over to my right. Uh, he is a winner on the Pro Tour. He's a semi-finalist at the World Match Play. He's one of the most exciting talents in darts and the possessor of possibly the coolest nickname in the sport. It is the Black Cobra. Jeffrey Desvar. These are the questions that you should be asking. Well, first off, Jeffrey, welcome to the podcast. And we're going to start with your nickname, the Black Cobra. I think it might be the coolest nickname in the sport of darts. Where did it come from? Is it because of how you throw or is it something else? Um, well, you, my, my dad gave, gave that nickname to me. So, uh, you know, when I was young, I always liked snakes and all that kind of stuff. And when I started playing darts, I was the age of eight years, something like that. And mm-hmm. when I went to a couple of tournaments in the Netherlands, I was like uh, 11 or 12 or something like that. So I was thinking about the nickname. And so my dad gave me the, the Black Cobra. I mean, it is a cool nickname, to be fair. Have you ever had a snake? Or you just like snakes? No, no, no. I just like snakes. I never had one. but uh... Okay. So you started very very young then was it your daddy got you into darts how did it start well it started when i watched the lakeside final of 2006 where raymond played yellow Klassen. Mm-hmm. and i watched that game with my with my dad and, and uh, grandfather and uh yeah that that's the start of uh, like liking to play darts so when i was uh it was 14 years ago so, so i was like 10 then I, uh, my dad bought a, a dartboard for me on my birthday, and then yeah, just start playing it. So is is it a big darts family then? Was your dad and granddad into it, or was it just they liked to watch it on the telly because Barney had become really big, and obviously Yellow was making a name for himself that year. It was yeah. No, my my, my parents are just like it to to watch it. They didn't play it as, as well. So uh, yeah, I started watching it on on TV, and I liked the game, so that's why I'm getting into darts. So was it an obsession for you very early on? Was that always your sport or were there other things competing for your attention? Because it wasn't, didn't take you very long to start winning things. I mean, World Youth Master in 2012, wasn't you? Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, I'm starting uh, with football. I mm-hmm. played football for six years. And yeah, after, after football, I went to darts. Um, so I played really early football. And yeah, when I was at the age of, 12 I quit with football and then yeah just starting uh, playing darts going to tournaments and that all kind of stuff and yeah I, I think 2012 uh, yeah then I w- went to the World Masters and win it yeah. so to do that and uh, you know quite quickly people are then looking at you going oh this lad could be could be really good he could be the future I mean when did you start working with Raymond van Barneveld because he mentored you for a while didn't he yeah, he did. Yeah, I was at the age of 17, 18 that we started working with Raymond. Uh, he ment- mentored me uh, to the uh, the PDC career, the start of my PDC career, and yeah, he was the the start for my career. You know, he, he also uh, sponsored me to go into the tournaments, and then after, even when I got the first time to Q school. Uh, straight after the first day, I, I got my tour card. So it was, you know, it was brilliant. And then after that, yeah, he sees what's happened now. I'm now 22 off the, off the world. 
Well, how how does that come about that that relationship with with Raymond? Because if you're a young dart player, and even though you know you've won you know a big youth title, the World Youth Masters, mm-hmm. to have Barney turn up, I mean that'd be like I don't know Rude Hullet turning up as a young footballer and saying, <laughs> "Yeah, I'll come and show you how to play this game." I mean, it must have been mind blowing, wouldn't it? Of course it was. You know, I was uh, at the age of 17, 18. I had already a, a, a big name in the, in the Dutch uh, darts, you know, because when I go to a Dutch tournament or when I was young, I, I'm going over there and win the tournament as well. So I had I had already a big name in, in Dutch darts. But yeah, that Raymond came to me when I was 17, 18. So he said to me, for we going to sponsor you, I mentor you. To go to the PDC or even like the the youth tour and all that kind of tournaments, and yeah, that is mind blowing, of course. Just being good when you're young doesn't always translate to being better when you're older. I mean, there, there are other young lads that were, you know, Raymond was working with. I mean, the one that springs to mind is Mike Zeidwijk, who looked like he was going to be brilliant, and then I've I've just got no idea what's what's happened to Mike. It's it's quite cutthroat isn't it it's very it's no guarantee you're going to be successful just because you've had success in youth tournaments of course it's not not a guarantee that you'll be successful because it's also a really tough world you know you have to deal with a lot of pressure of course you know people expecting a lot of you not only your parents or but the whole world expecting a lot of you so so the pressure is really really big when you're at a young age and yeah you have to deal with it and that, that, that's really a tough one. But, uh, you know, yeah, my, I know Mike Seidwijk, for, uh, for, he's a long while a friend of mine. We played each other when we were uh, at the youth. So I know him for a really long time. And at that time, when he go to the PDC, he also still got his school. So uh, that was the problem for Mike uh, because he has to quit the, the darts and just went to school again. Okay, so what was your life like at that point then? You, you decided I'm going to go and try and make darts work for me as a, as a job, but were you bringing any other money in? Were you, did you have a plan of, of a normal job to do, if you like, if the darts didn't work out, or were you doing one at the time? Well, I didn't have any plan at all. It, it was really, uh, yeah, go with the flow, I think, uh, because I was just 17, 18, and uh, I didn't have work. I had, of course, I had a, a, a bit uh, money from you know local tournaments, but uh, yeah, I, w- I, w- I went to Q school with no idea I gonna maybe get a tour card or, or something like that. And then after that, when I was uh, getting my tour card uh, at the age of eighteen, I think, I mm. think it was eighteen. Yeah, I think you were the youngest uh, tour card holder in your first year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and yeah, I've. I've just want to think of, you know, when I was 18, you, you're thinking about your know, lots of money because you go to the PDC and all that kind of stuff. And uh, well, the first year go, goes did, did go well. And, you know, I've earned some money and just, you know, spend it as well when, because I'm of 18 years of age. And yeah, after after when I going uh, back to 2017, 18, I lost my or something like that. Yeah, I think 2017 you lost your tour card, but then yeah, won it straight back. Yeah.
Come hear me, little Jackie. No, I've smoked me bucky. Have a bit of cracky till the boat comes in. Dance to the I'll daddy, read Paul Nicholson fact checking service back again. Checking yourself before you wreck yourself. It was indeed at the end of 2017 that Jeffrey lost his tour card, but he won it back again on day one of Q School, winning eight games for the loss of just 11 legs, including victories over Gabriel Clemens in the semis and Dirk van Dijvenboer in the final. Yeah, but the thing was, I've you know, when I was at a young age and just earning a lot of money, so I got spanded and all the kind of stuff, buying with, uh, designer clothes and all that kind of stuff. So my money went 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 down, and that is the really struggle. Uh, yeah, that I have to go work again. Well, that's that's it. I mean, I remember when I spoke to you, your breakthrough performance on big TV stages, anyways, the world match play, and you, you spoke then about. Oh well, I had to change my attitude. I had a your exact phrase was a little bit of bankruptcy. Um, I mean, yeah, how yeah. how bad did things get for you? Well, it it went really bad because I didn't can't pay any bill anymore. You know, uh, because, you know, if you're getting a bill like your telephone or all that kind of stuff, I can't pay it anymore. So, yeah, I, I was totally bankrupt. I didn't have any money anymore. So that's. That's why I need to change my attitude as well and, you know, start going to work again and just earning uh, some money to pay all the bills. And yeah, and then the thoughts are going great as well. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, how do you say that? Something getting together. Mm-hmm. So it did start to change for you in, in 2018 when you won a Pro Tour title, you beat MVG at the UK Open, you beat him again at the match play and had that great run. <laughs> to the semi-finals and and this coincided with you were you working with your new manager then and you you'd got a job and and so you sort of treated darts more like something you had to work at rather than just walk into tournaments and and win because you're dead good well you know the the mindset when i'm going to work again and uh, knowing that i have to do a lot more uh, to earn some money that was the reason that I'm. I think I'm playing well because I'm start practicing a lot more, and yeah, things getting together. You know, it's uh, it's when I when I was at young age, I was always thinking from oh, I will get there and I don't need that practice that that a lot and you know and it, it's a, it's a changing of of mind. I think that that is why I'm now like the 22 of the world. So, what job do you do now, then, Jeffrey? I know you work. You work in. Is it fixing engines for boats? I, can, I can never quite remember exactly what it is. No, well, not, not not anymore. I'm working now at the stock department. From uh, so I'm packaging uh, packages and uh, all the kind of stuff, and just send it to the to the customers. Yeah, marine engines. Uh, marine engines, right? Okay, because yeah, I mean yeah. that presumably, if you hadn't had any plans, that was a strange job to find yourself in. I mean, how did you cope with doing that? Well, in the beginning, it was really strange for me because um, uh, uh, how do you say that? Uh, when I went to school, I w- was learning for a cook or, or a waiter. Okay. So it was really, it was really totally different when I was learned at school. So uh, in the beginning, it was yeah, learning how how the things goes, and yeah, now I'm doing all the packaging. Obviously, you're one of the players who's benefited from being on the main tour, but then also played in the development tour system as well. Now, you won a couple of those, but yeah. despite the fact that, you know, you've beaten Van Gerwen a couple of times on telly and made, you know, deep runs in big TV tournaments for the last few years, 
development he only picked up two development tours i mean it's very tough that circuit isn't it it is very tough you know because you're a, a protocar player they all want to win against you and it is also like it is also a best of seven so it's it's difficult i think more difficult than than best of 11 and yeah you're you're a target for everyone because you're one of that guys who already got the tour card and you know everyone want, wants to beat you well, I, I remember at the time. I think it might have been your second one you won, and you played you played brilliantly, an average about 105 all the way through the tournament to win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were some people, you know, the pundits in darts and all sorts, of saying, "Well, he shouldn't even be allowed to play in the development tour. He's got a tour card. What's he being allowed to to do that for?" <laughs> but what what's your opinion on that, and the, and whether tour card holders should be allowed to play on the development tour? I've, I my opinion is that. Even you, if you get a tour card at, at a young age, you're still allowed to play development tour because you're still development in your career and just because because the, the pro tour is so, is so tough for for young young lads to deal with pressure and all that kind of stuff, you know, me, media and everything comes apart when you're playing the pro tour and uh, when you're playing the development tour, you're learning all that kind of stuff. It's it, you know, it's your development is much better when you're playing the development tour if, if you're going in step uh, totally straight away to the to the pro tour. Do you think it played a big part in you being able to do what you've done over the last three years? You know, the match play run, the the quarterfinals at the Euros and the Grand Prix that followed. Well, definitely, I think you know, because I'm that 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 young when I started playing the pro tour. It's, you know, playing the development tour, playing all that matches like best of seven, but they're also really good players at the development tour. So you, you're under pressure all the time, and I think that really helped me to play that well in the pro tour. I think. Mm. Before 2018, before you really sort of broke through, Dutch TV and Dutch media, they were saying, "Oh, Dutch darts is in a really bad place. It's rubbish." I know we've got Michael van Gerwen and, and Raymond still playing, but Raymond won't be around forever. It looks very different now, doesn't it? I mean, there's there's a real healthy competition amongst the Dutch players vying for that sort of Dutch number two spot with you and Jermaine and Danny Nopper and Vincent's playing well again. Do you think that things yeah. have changed over the last few years? Mm, I think so. Yeah, I, 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 I can imagine that people like like the Dutch people are saying from yeah, we only got now Michael van Gerwen because Raymond was there for like uh, years and years when it was like a top eight player. So. I think the Dutch people expecting too much that there will be like uh, a second Raymond van Barneveld, I think. And uh, I think it's just a matter of time that that all the other guys, you know, Danny Nopper, Jermaine, uh, Vincent van der Voort, even Dirk van Dijk van Bode. Yeah, Dirk. I think I think yeah, I think it's just a matter of time that it that they all maybe could be a top sixteen player. So it it, it depends on. Yeah, how life goes and, and yeah, what happens. Do you like the fact that you've got a, a lot of other Dutch players challenging? Does that take some of the pressure off you? You don't want you're not just the only big hope for the future of Dutch darts. Um, yeah, a bit, but it also gives a lot of pressure because you want to be the the, the second uh, second Dutch dart player uh, after Michael van Gerwen. So uh, it both ways. It gives you a lot of pressure, but it's also uh, yeah, decrease the pressure because there are a lot of more uh, Dutch players who are playing well. What's your life like for you on the tour? I mean, you, you've played a lot of tournaments. I know you don't do the development tour anymore because you, you're now 24, but 
Yeah. What do you do when you're on the tour? Who are your best mates on the tour? What do you do to relax? I understand you've got Call of Duty with you in your hotel room at the minute that you're going to have a couple <laughs> of days on before the Masters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, well I'm, I'm, I'm playing uh, Call of Duty. I'm also streaming uh, a bit, so uh, hopefully the internet is uh, great over here so I can stream a bit. But uh, yeah, that is what I'm doing in, in, in time off, playing Call of Duty. And uh, when, when all the guys over here... Are, going to the bar just playing some cards with uh, with all the Dutch guys or even the Belgians you know and uh, yeah we're, we're all together uh, really good so yeah it's not that I'm going to one specific guy or all that type so you are working with Raymond again now aren't you Van Barneveld do you think yeah. that he'll be able to get back on the tour and get back to somewhere near as good as, <laughs> as he was I mean what's what's your stance on it you've been practicing with him I understand yeah I know I've got that question a lot of time but, I bet uh, you have yeah <laughs> yeah I, I've well what I'm seeing from Raymond is he's playing really well again and you know, it's it's really different for him because he's now practicing every day like three or four hours. So it's also it's also tough for him because he he didn't uh, from years ago he didn't practice that a lot. So, uh, but but what I have seen, he's yeah he's really good. He's still really good. Well, I mean, yeah, you you don't lose the talent. We've seen your talent though. Uh, Jeffrey, it's just that we haven't seen it often enough. I know you've had a shoulder problem. Is that all sorted out now? Do you feel that that's going to be completely fine going forward? Yeah, definitely. There's no no more pain anymore. So you know, last year it was it was a struggle for me because I went to surgery and you know it's it, it's tough to getting to getting the the form and everything back. And um, yeah, these days I'm feeling really well. Um, the confidence is, is getting there. Uh, it's getting a bit more than, than, than last year. So uh, that, that's really good for me, I think. Mm. And the thing is, I don't put uh, a lot of pressure on myself anymore. I just, you know, I'm still 24. I'm number two, 22 of the world. So I don't need, need to put some, a lot of pressure anymore on myself. And that's what I'm going to do this year, I think. Yeah, only 24. Barney had only played one world championship when he was your age. And, and look at the <laughs> yeah, career he's had. Um, Consistency is the key, though, isn't it? With quarterfinals uh, on a big TV event for the last two years, a semi-final the year before that, but one event per year isn't going to be enough for you to achieve your dreams, I guess. Well, I, I, I know that I need to be a lot consistent than, than that, but... Um... I think maybe maybe this year or maybe maybe next year I, I will achieve a lot of more than I've already done. So you know the experience uh, when I was young and you know the focusing for, for now these days what, what I got for myself for my mindset. I think this year or maybe maybe next year I will achieve a big things. I, think. I like the sound of that. Who's got the better <laughs> mindset right now? Then you or Barney? Ah. Uh, so tough answer I can't say. <laughs> can't but, I think, but but I think uh, I am. And you're better at Call of Duty, I'd imagine. I bet he's rubbish on it. Oh yeah, definitely am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, we've waxed lyrical about this life for some time now, Wayne. Uh, the interesting thing I took from that was how chilled out he was about things. He's thinking, oh, I'll make some serious progress. Might be this year, might be next year, but he's just going to keep on working and he believes it will come. I, I know he said that he, he, will, he is putting pressure on himself, but it doesn't sound like he's putting much pressure on himself. He plays in a kind of cool way, though, doesn't he? He's, he's calm, composed. Yeah, he's, he's a quick player, but he still seems that 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 coolness is always there. Mm. And I, I, I like what he was saying. He seems more appreciative of the situation he's in. And he said that at 18, like, it was kind of easy come, easy go with, with money. And... He's 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 learnt the hard way, isn't he? He, he, had yeah. to, he had to get a job, and and now he appreciates that it's going to take hard work and all the ability in the world. He's fine, it's fine. We, look, we've seen Michael Van Gerwen, we've we've seen Barney and Gary Anderson, Adrian Lewis, and the reason I picked them out is that they really are what you would call natural talent, whatever that is, or innate talent. Mm. They've got that, haven't they? They're not they're not uh, the the mechanical kind of. Phil Taylor like or, or like James Wade they've those that aforementioned uh, have just got that ability to probably get up uh, at 4:17 uh, in the morning and just hit a couple of 180s and go back to bed uh, <laughs> but you've still got to work at it yeah you've, yeah, you've got you to work and he understands that now and he's um, then he's still 24 like you like you said in the interview and, and do you know what I couldn't quite believe it I thought he was 27 I don't know where I got that from yeah he, he is he's young. still so young yeah, really young. I mean, yeah. that that does kind of make me slightly concerned that he's got this this injury problem so young. But then he's he's quite yeah. confident that it's sorted and it won't be won't be an issue. I mean, have you ever had yeah. to battle in injury problems over the course of your career? I know, obviously, you know you got diagnosed with mumps and that basically hastened the yeah. end of your career. But what about physical sort of mechanical injuries? Did you have to deal with that? Yeah, I used to get a, uh, it wasn't a frozen shoulder, but it was kind of, a, uh, my shoulder would kind of really tighten up if I used to play too often. Mm. And it only, <laughs> it only played up when I played too often throwing wrongly. Right, so yeah. I never got it, at, I never got it when I was playing well. So when it used to kind of seize up on me, I'm thinking... No wonder why I've been playing bad because I'm I'm clearly doing something wrong. I'm clearly doing something wrong. And <laughs> it's is, funny. You, you, it's, it's a sort honestly, of self-protecting it, it, injury. It it's like an injury that only happens when I'm playing poorly. So I'll just get knocked out and don't have to play again. It's it's absolutely brilliant way. No wonder you didn't suffer any major long-term injury. <laughs> if I'm playing playing well, yeah, don't, I don't do any don't have any injury problems at all. But if no, I'm yeah, physical problems, I've been knocked out in round two. The odd thing is that this was when I was kind of decent enough to get through to quarterfinals, semifinals of events without playing any good. Ah, right. And I would do I would do this on kind of regular occasions, and you're like, oh, this is really hurting now. And then then I'd get to the point where I couldn't throw, and my osteopath used to come round and, and just crack a few kind of vertebrae or whatever it was, and it was it was soon all right. But it's funny because you you mentioned uh, the the injury and. I was waxing lyrical again about Jeffrey, And at one point during last year, I kind of forgot that he was injured. Mm. Uh, I, I just, I just kind of did. And then it come to mind again. And you, you're like, right, that makes, that makes perfect sense now. <laughs> and it's, it's a bit like a Justin Ventergal. Uh, mm. it, he was looking like he was going to be someone extraordinary. Well, 
I did an exhibition with him uh, a couple of Decembers ago. And it was through Jason Tame and, and Peter Wright was there and Michael Van Gerwen. Well, he had to pull out the exhibition, uh, Justin mm. did. And I was really worried for him because I'm thinking pulling out of an exhibition at the age of like 16, 17, that's, that's concerning. That's concerning. And injuries can hold you back forever. I hope Jeffrey and, and Justin Van Tegel are okay. Yeah, Justin Van Tegel is another one who won that same title that Jeffrey did, the World Youth Masters. So I was having a look through the list when uh, before I interviewed Jeffrey. And Van Tegel, it's not a name that, I, I've, to be honest, I've not even thought about him for, for quite a long while. I think he did... I think he appeared on the Euro Tour, made a debut on the Euro Tour, so qualified for for one of the yeah. Dutch events, and then we've just not really seen him do anything. But it, it's not the first no. time that exhibition is not the first time that we've seen him turn up at tournaments and then play one and uh, withdraw from others and miss things because of injury. Yeah, so I do worrying. hope that yeah, I do hope that he's he's all right. Um, speaking about young players, where do you start? I'm not sure I've ever asked your opinion on this. Long running, and I think a rather redundant argument that's taken place about whether young players should be able to play on the development tour and the World Youth Championship or whatever if they're already on the senior tour and have their tour card. Um, I'm very much in Jeffrey's camp, whereby you are developing, yeah. so you play on the development tour. What age you do, it's, it's completely arbitrary. You could say 18, 20, 21, 24, doesn't matter. The PCA yeah. tour, 20, 23, 24. So there you yeah. go. They're still developing, but you have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you can't penalise an eighteen-year-old for being brilliant, can you? Oh, you can't. You can't play here, pal. You're too good. You, mm. You've got a tour card. Uh, no, just just let them play. Just let them play. Uh, look, this this age thing comes up about the World Youth Championships and all that. Look, I, it is too old for me. But look, as for if you if you've got a tour card and and playing on development tour, that's absolutely fine. I, I, I don't stop people from playing. We don't want to go down that road again, do we? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is that. there is a rule where I think if they get in the top sixteen, they're not allowed to play in the development tour. They can then play the World Youth Championship, yeah. but there's um, yeah, yeah. You, if you get so good, you're right up there. It happened to Benito van der Pass, happened to Michael Smith, where they were just so high in the rankings, yeah. where they said, "Well, hang on, look, you, you're going to be playing in the Masters, son. You can clear off if you think you're yeah, turning up right. to the development tour weekend." Um, yeah, but, that's, yeah, that's kind of fair enough. But but Jeffrey himself, I mean, it's always difficult when you ask players, "Do you think?" something you've done has had an impact because it's very difficult sometimes for them to to assess that of course they think it's helped they think it's helped playing yeah. the development tour and allowed them to go and do stuff yeah michael van gerwen himself says playing the development tour is what turned him into a serial winner now does he know that you would think that michael van gerwen knows better than anybody but even he is still guessing yeah. about all the things that have contributed to making him the player that he is of today course. yeah we, no one I don't mean this as in no one knows themselves, but we, we don't know, do we? Why, why did uh, Rob Cross all of a sudden go go bang? Uh, that that 17, 18 year was, was incredible. And he's kind of, he was never that player. And since then, he's not been that player. So we don't know why these things happen. Uh, mm. It's kind of Jose De Celsa was was never that great. And now he's, now he's great. How long is he going to be great for? We, we, we just don't know. We just don't know what, what clicks and, and what makes us tick. But if you believe that something has contributed to, to wherever you are, whatever you're doing, then, then good for you. 
Yeah, well, look, uh, Jeffrey Lisvan there, we will see him at the Masters, and we'll be talking the Masters, and just a final note on Jeffrey before we move on, um, he's a guy who said himself, he, he's not from a, a darts-playing family, he's just, you know, his dad and his granddad used to watch it on the telly, but it kind of illustrates an important point about broadcasting, because the darts is shown on telly in the Netherlands, because of Barney, but they were about to scale things down uh, by showing fewer events, and then MVG became a major champion, and that re-peaked their interest, meaning they continue to show yeah. all the events on telly. And potentially inspire a new generation of Dutch players. Now, repeat that in countries all over the world. If kids can watch darts, they can be inspired. They will want to play. And we might get a new star from somewhere. We've got José de Sousa from Portugal, but they don't show it in Portugal. He's in Spain. You know, that's that's part of the reason yeah. why he got into the sport. ITV have just signed a new deal with the PDC, so that's great. I think that runs to the end of next year. But it's also important that these deals are done in Africa and North America, South America... Asia, because we've already heard on this podcast from a Brazilian um, that what inspires him to get involved is being able to see what the top players do on TV and seeing them yeah. realise their dreams. And it's so kids watching can go and make some of their own. So look, an example right there about how important it is that darts is on the telly. And it's on the telly this weekend. We'll talk about it in a minute. Michael McCall, 21st, yes. Treble 17, no. That still leaves the ball. 21st, yes. Treble 17, no. That still leaves the ball. 127 games. Unorthodox getting some goal. 127 unorthodox games. <laughs> that was the leg, wasn't it, John? Twenty-seven to me. One hundred twenty-seven days. Delight, really. One hundred twenty-seven. Comedy moments on the ball for one two seven. Days. Unorthodox getting some goal. From Paul Hanks. Right, okay. Last week we looked at the top half of the draw for the Masters. I had Ian White coming through that half because the motto on this podcast is that the funniest outcome is better than the best outcome and it would possibly force the Diamonds way into the Premier League lineup. Um, Wayne didn't go that far. You did, however, Wayne, say the quite fancied Michael Smith to reach the semi-finals and then you just chickened out of predicting who'd go on and, and make the final. But... We've, we're going to try yeah. and talk you through our tips for if you're playing along in the PDC Picks apps. 500 quid up for grabs. They're free to enter tournament this weekend. Download it from wherever you get your apps. Shall we have a look at the bottom half of the draw, Wayne? Uh, that includes the yes. three previous champions. So we'll take it basically as, as the draw bracket order. So we start with Jose de Souza against Johnny Clayton with the winner taking on MVG, the five-time champion. What do you reckon in this awkward bit of the draw? Do you remember last week when it was about the, the Cullen Bunting game? I just give it, I, I don't know. Dan, yeah, yeah, Dan, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting like that again, mate. I, I, okay, I, yeah. I, I just don't know. Any, any, no, I, do you know what? I I like the way Clayton has turned into a difficult player to beat, even when he's not playing particularly well. Because mm. he, he, he was a bit soft for a while. He was a bit, when he was off, he, he wasn't very good. And he's, now yeah. I think his B game is is, is pretty good. I I got to say, but I I just think Jose will be just slightly too good for him, slightly too consistent. Maybe maybe just just he is a little bit better than him. I think. 
Mm, interesting. I have to say, I mean, look, Johnny Clayton, I think you make a valid point there. I've always seen Johnny as a first round or semi-final kind of guy. There's not much in between. He's either playing really well that day or he's not playing particularly well. And so he's going out very early. Um, but I think you might yeah. be right. I think he is sort of developing a more solid B game. Um, and I'm quite interested to see what happens with Johnny, who's obviously the Welsh number two, now that he's, the, the bloke he was saying was the best player in the world for quite a lot of last year. Uh, I think he was saying that when we had him on the podcast halfway through. In fact, it was before lockdown. I remember interviewing him on the Euro Tour, so that was very early on. Um, but I think now that Gerwin is number one in the world, I'm quite interested to see what Johnny Clayton does, uh, you know, seeing his World Cup on. I think he might beat Shosedis Souser, and then I think he has another crack right. at MVG. The man he beat, of course, in the first round of the Masters yeah. last year and ended his five-year unbeaten run. He was poor. It was a oh. sign of things to come, wasn't it? Do you th- do you think you get the response <laughs> from MVG? Was, yeah. Do you think you get the response it from MVG the... this this year, this weekend? Well, it, is he not changed his darts again? Well, apparently, uh, um, but I don't know. I know he's had talks with them, but as we've said before, right? It's never the darts, is it? It wasn't the darts originally no, that was the problem. No, I get that. I get that. But it, the the chopping and changing, I. I don't like it. I don't like it for him. Uh, Aspinall's at it now. I don't like mm. it for him. Do you know what? For Peter Wright, I couldn't care less because it doesn't matter to him. Mm-hmm. He, he can do what he likes. But when I get when I see others changing, it's like, mm, not sure about you doing it. Mm. Uh, it's like when Adrian Lewis, he, he seems to use a different set every 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 match. Yeah, he's used uh, Barney's darts I, before, you know, just completely different yeah, changes and... Yeah, smacks of desperation no, I, sometimes. It it does, and it just says to me that you're not you're thinking about it. You're not you're not hundred percent comfortable. That's all it suggests to me. And do you know, I thought Michael went into the worlds uh, with all the confidence in the world. He played brilliantly, didn't he? Until he got beat, and yeah. that's obviously knocked him sideways again. Clearly, mm-hmm. otherwise he wouldn't be changing. Well, if you think Jose overcomes the ferret, do you think that he can overcome MVG if he's faffing with his equipment? Oh, and it's 19. Do you know what? I can't, I, I, there's something about Jose that I, I, I truly and utterly dislike and discounting <laughs> malarkey. I could then. I want to change me tune, but I can't, pal. I can't. Do you know what? I'm holding my head because he make, he makes me annoyed. He might, do you know what? I'm livid. I'm absolutely just thinking about him. Look at his name there. Look, 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 look at it. 15th seed with a, oh. a Portuguese flag next to his name. I'm so, no, I'm joking aside, I, Van Gerwen should be too good. Uh, well, I, I do believe that Van Gerwen will come through that section. I believe he beats Johnny the Ferret. Uh, and Wayne believes he beats Jose in a game that will no doubt aggravate him, but not as much as he's going to aggravate him that he's in the Premier League and he's going to be commentating on him for day after day oh. after day, over and over and over again as he makes the same mistakes oh, every single match. And Wayne cannot, cannot get his head around it. Uh, well, we both got MVG I coming through that little it. bit. You know, well, you, 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 neither should you. I mean, he can. He can. 
Like, I can't. It's, I can't. It's, always, it's one of those things about where you know, the, you know, really great players, the ones who can like put a disappointment or a mistake behind them and just don't forget about it and concentrate on the next dart. Now that is a real strength. Yeah. If the mistake you made yeah. is because you can't count and you ignore that and never ever do anything to change it, and therefore you know produce the yeah, same right. problems then yeah that probably isn't a strength um the next little bit is i mean it's, it's all really good i mean you've got three champions in here james wade is going to play the winner of chris doby versus dimitri vandenberg now doby is is been talking up his chances uh lately saying that you know i'm looking at players like dimitri and and jose de Souza and thinking well look you know I've been doing stuff. I've been a better performer on the tour than Dimitri Vandenberg has ever been. I've, you know, I've made a number of finals. Then so have I. Well, yeah, quite. <laughs> so are you. You're well, better. You're better on hey, tour than t- him. I think you'll but... find, mate, that I've got a hundred percent record at reaching every Pro Tour final and Euro Tour final over the last few years. I'm always there. Always <laughs> exactly, there. Pal. Um, but yeah, exactly. but you get to come on a big stage, and, and the man is is unreal. And I think Chris Dobie's going to have his work cut out. Yeah, Dimitri at the Grand Slam was looking unbeatable. Uh, come the Worlds, he, he looked, him and Michael looked the, the main men to beat again. Uh, do you know what? I think, uh, and this is only recently I've felt like this, as in the last, I've just been doing a bit of bit of swatting up, really, just, to, just to, uh, looking at all what's going on, what may be going on throughout the year. Do you know what? I think Dimitri Vandenberg can have an absolute pearler of a year. I, mm. I, I think I think he can win the whole event. You think he can He's... win the whole event? Now, that is interesting. Um, yeah. So you yeah, see I, Dimitri I, beating I, Doby and then seeing off James Wade? I think he dismantles the lot of them. Ooh, very interesting. I mean, I am... He'll play Chizzy in the... I think he'll, he'll play Chizzy in the semi-final. Oh, well, so hang on, Dimitri Dimitri's... beats Doby, beats James Wade, then beats MVG, you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is a big, yeah. I like this as a call. This is very, I mean, I have to yeah. say, I'm tempted to go with you on Dimitri yeah. Vandenberg. I really don't know, I mean, James Wade is, is always the man who, who ruins, when I expect him to play well, he plays poorly. When I expect him to be average, then he, he's just incredible. And... He, he did yeah. it to me on a number of occasions over the course of last year in the PDC picks. <laughs> he, uh, he did it to me. World... Yeah, well, he did. He did. He, did. He, does it. he does it to And look, James Wade would rather than achieve any sort of personal success or win money or glory or anything like that, he would much rather just win or lose to spite me. And I've got nothing to back this up I like uh, from it. Wade's perspective I like other than it. the results that happen. When I back him, he yeah, loses. That's right. Yeah, that's, so I yeah. can only assume... I'm taking it personally. So that's it. And yeah. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna join you in saying Dimitri is gonna come through that little section, which probably means that James Wade versus MVG in that uh, that quarterfinal there. Yeah. And now that I'm I'm loving his play. I'm I'm just loving Dimitri's play. Mm. I, I just think it's it's just it's so controlled. And this, there was a great stat that was chucked out about he is annihilating everybody in terms of the number of twelve dart legs that he's throwing. Did you, you see know? that? Yeah, that and it's just way ahead of everybody. Yeah, way ahead of everybody. Way ahead yeah. of Price and Van Gerwen. Way ahead of, you know, right. It is, yeah. it's kind of feast or famine. I mean, you know, he's chucking in some 18 darters and losing legs and stuff like that. But when he's winning legs, he's just taking people out of the game entirely. It's, just, you know, 11s and 10s and 12s over and over and over again. And, I mean, that is that is very, very heavy artillery to, 
to deal with. And it's kind of the the opposite of what James Wade does. I think it'd be a fascinating game if those two do meet. I'm not writing off Chris Dobie by yeah. any stretch of the imagination, but I'm with you. I think no. Dimitri is going to come through that. Um, what do you make of the Polish Eagle versus the Wizard of Oz with the winner playing Snakebite Peter Wright, the defending champion? Yeah, this is a bit This is a bit hard, isn't it? It's a bit difficult, this. Mm. Uh, can Simon carry on playing that... When I say that well, uh, it, he's had some performances, you're thinking, this man is back to his 2010 best, but... Mm. Um, I don't see him carrying it on for a long time. I, I, it's I difficult think... to gauge, isn't it? But when, when confidence seems to be so much of a, a factor in this sport, I mean, his confidence must be sky high. You only have to listen to him talk. I mean, he, he sounds a transformed man. Going into tournaments thinking, yeah, I can win it. He's always been quite positive. He's always believed in his abilities. But it's very difficult to do that when you're just not winning games. But the fact that he's beaten yeah. Van Gerwen over and over again... I, I just think he's. I think he might be here for quite a little while longer. He always. He always does enough Do to surprise you. Um, I still think Rutajski beats yeah. him because uh, we again. We're, so we're, I'm on the. <laughs> I'm on the funnier is better than good train here, and Rutajski <laughs> carving his way through the field and forcing his way into a Premier League Funny. contention spot is is obviously the funniest thing that can happen. Um, I think that Rutajski will beat him, and I think he's gonna have it. I thought he was going to run into Peter Wright at the Worlds and beat him. And in the end, Peter Wright right. didn't get there, uh, didn't reach that stage. No. Um, but no. I think this might be the place that it happens. I think Ratajski can get a big stage win over Peter Snakebite Wright. Yeah, I, again, I, I think Ratajski's got this game that... It, it's a championship winning game, in my opinion. I mm. think he's got it. But somehow he gets embroiled. Look at what happened with Clemens. I, I, I know he won the game at the Worlds, yes. but it was like, how is Clemens coming back for another go? How is how is this happening? He sometimes loses games that maybe, just maybe, he shouldn't, and that might be the little turning point for him. A little bit of luck. That's uh, what true. you need. And, but um, do you, I think it, he's better than Simon. If you think, if you think that it might be an issue with Christoph Ratajski putting people away in games where he needs to take his opportunities, yes, that Gabriel Clemens game will live long in the memory. But you only have to look at the two previous rounds of the World Championship where he beat Ryan Joyce three nil, and that was a case of Ryan Joyce. I think he made one mistake in the whole game, and that was enough for Christoph yeah. Ratajski to put him away. But in the next round, who did he beat four nil despite having a slightly lower average because he kept taking his chances? Simon Whitlock. I think we might see yes, something yes. similar. Right. Yeah, I, I completely. I, I've watched too much darts. I, I can't. I can't remember all. Do you know what? I, I had to look it up as well. I had to look that. I was like, oh yeah, he did play at the Ali Pali few. It, it does feel like ages <laughs> since we've had any darts on. I cannot wait for it to be back yeah. on the telly. I'll be. I'll be yeah, I'll, I agree. sat at home with me foam finger on, giving it boring, boring tables <laughs> to whoever happens to walk past. <laughs> I'm just buzzing for anything to be happening back on the telly. Um, do you think then that Ratajski can beat Peter Wright as well? Or do you think that the, the defending champ gets his campaign off and running? Yeah, I, I quite like Peter over a longer format. If it was 11, yeah, maybe, maybe we're having a bit of a bit of a guess at Ratajski. But I, I like Wright over 19 legs. Okay, I think all right, he's then. such a... a a tough man to beat. Tough. Mm. All right. Well, this brings us to the the last little section of the draw. It is our guest on the podcast this week, Jeffrey Desvan, against Daryl Gurney, the Northern Irish number one. The winner 
playing the man who's just picked up the performance of the year, Dave Chisnell. Um, now, you've already yeah. suggested that you think Chizzy is going to be reaching the semi-finals. So you're seeing yeah. him coming through this. Who do you think he beats in his opening game? Do you think Jeffrey might do it? Or is Gurney well, back to what he should be doing, what he has done for a you know, significant number of years now? Chizzy doesn't beat Jeffrey that often, does he? He struggles no, against incredible it. game at the World Championship, didn't they? What a game <laughs> this, of darts that one. Not the Jeff, most recent one. Jeffrey has... No, no. Jeffrey has these incredible games only against Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He and just I'm really sure, hates I'm vests. sure Dave's... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm sure Dave sees it that way. I, I remember... Uh, I remember Phil Taylor playing pretty well against Kevin Painter once. Mm. And bearing in mind, it's Phil Taylor. Now, yeah. please bear that in mind. It's Phil Taylor. And Phil might have averaged, call it 110. Mm. Kev come off and said, he only does it against me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the... Kev, no, no. <laughs> That's the whole point, Kev. <laughs> no, he does yeah. He does it was, against everyone, Kev. Yeah, if that was Mark day, Hilton who day. just averaged 110 against you for the third time on Sally, then you could say, yeah, yeah. he only does it against me. But that's for the 16-time yeah. world champion who does it uh, all the time against everyone. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, it was funny. Luck? It was <laughs> funny. Now, yeah, how's your luck? Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what, though. We're going on about Premier Leagues and whatever. It hasn't been written... It's not written in stone at the winner of this event if they're not in the Premier League gets in the Premier League is it? No it's not now. Or has it been written down somewhere? Well I mean not to my knowledge Um, I mean and as you kind of suggested lightheartedly if Ian White versus Christoph Rotowski turns out to be their final they might just roll it over and wait till the UK open but I would think there's nothing more you can do is there? If if Ian White wins the Masters and hits four nine darters in the final to smash MVG 11-0 then you would hope that he gets a Premier League spot it would be brutal yeah. do, do you think, if he didn't. Do you, think, do you think Gurney might be putting pressure on himself to get back in? Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because there were times last year where Gurney didn't look like he was particularly enjoying life on the tour. And we do know no. that the Premier League is is a real drain for these guys. The one thing I would say, though, this year, if they are going to hold it behind closed doors in blocks like they have done, and if a lot of the Pro Tour stuff is going to take place in blocks like a you know a spring series or summer series, yeah. which it hasn't been confirmed, but we're assuming that's what's going to happen um, over the course of this yeah. year. And I very much doubt we'll see any Euro Tour action, not for months and months and months, if at all this year. Then all of a sudden, being involved yeah. in the Premier League even the likes of Gary Anderson and James Wade and people who moan about it, then all yeah. of a sudden they're like, hang on, I'll just go there for a week and earn big money. This is this is absolutely that's brilliant. Right. Yeah, I, I think they, right. this is the year you want to be in. If you're one of these players that struggled with the workload and everything, now is the time, particularly looking around the rest of the world and, and seeing people losing their jobs and not in work and struggling. You can't really moan yeah. about workload, can you, and having a lot on. But it's going to be a lot less this year anyway. Just get in the Premier League by any means necessary because whatever you do, it, it's still going to be... You're, you're actually going to get more practice. And I think we saw that some of the Premier League guys had a little bit of an edge on the others when it came to things like the World Match Play or the World Grand Prix, because not many yeah. of them had any big stage experience that year because there's been no Euro Tours or anything else going on. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And and forget, I'm not going to name cities because and, and so it's, it's a chore going there, but the fact that you're not going to be on a plane on a Wednesday to play on a Thursday, come back Friday, this is the year where, and we saw it from Gary Anderson in the Premier League, where mm. he... He actually said, I'm enjoying this now because I'm getting my practice in day after day and it's working for me. Mm. And 
that that is is what what it can do for you if you are playing in blocks and and it will happen that way so yeah real good point you, you've made there about this is the year to be in it and i just hope that gurney doesn't try too hard because he's been in it for what the last the last three years i think or three or four years so he'll he'll want to be in it this year probably more than ever yeah, I think that would go for, for, for most people. Um, you believe then that from this half, which involves uh, includes five-time winner MVG, 2014 winner James Wade, yeah. and the defending champ Peter Wright, the only guys in the field to have won this title, the only other winner is Phil Taylor, and he's not playing in it, obviously. You believe that none of those three are actually going to make the semis or indeed go on to reach the final and win it. You think Dimitri Vandenberg is going to be chizzy in the semi-final, do you? Yeah, now you've put it that way, yeah. I might have to rethink that. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. I like bold calls. This is what we like. No, no. Honestly, honestly, I, I'm I'm a Chizzy fan. I, I, when I watch him play well, it's like, how do you ever lose a game of darts, Dave? How, mm. how is this possible? The way the way that he beat Dimitri in the Worlds was like, hold on, hold on. Someone's averaging 109 against you and they're 3-0 down. How's that even possible? And, and then he, he railroads MVG. We know that. But... I, I see something in in Dimitri that for me, he could uh, he could easily be top four, top five by the end of the year. It doesn't uh, if he was to win this and and win the call it the UK Open, get in the the Premier League, and and all of a sudden win two or three things, it wouldn't surprise me this year at all. Mm, interesting. So you reckon Dimmy beats Chiz in the semis? Is that what you're going for? Do you think that Chizzy might yes. come in? Yes. Dimmy beats. So you, you're yes. seeing a final involving Dimitri Vandenberg and somebody from the top half, maybe a Michael Smith, someone like that? Yes, Michael Smith or, or Price for me. Okay, right. So there we go. If you're having a go on this, on the PDC Picks apps, uh, then we have Wayne Mardle predicting that Dimitri Vandenberg will go and reach the final and beat either Price or Michael Smith. I have the diamond Ian White making the final. <laughs> but who's he going to play? You know what? I mean, I would love to say a white Ratajski final because it is the funniest outcome, but I think that Michael Van Gerwen is, is going to get through there and then probably MVG wins it. I've got, I've got this thing in my head where I just think that Van Gerwen is going to respond this year and it wouldn't surprise me if he won all of the biggest ranking majors. I can see yeah. him winning the match play. Yeah. I can see him winning the Grand Prix. see him winning the World Championship. I can see him winning the UK Open. The, the, the UK Open is the one where I'm least confident just because yeah. it's just, you know, you, you could get drawn against Price yeah. Yeah. in his first game or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do think that he could he could pick up three or four ranking majors. In fact, that's what I'm predicting will happen this year for Michael Van Gerwen. So we will see if he backs that up. Obviously, this not ranking, but it would be a signal of intent. Um, right. So there we go. We have our picks. You can make yours. Potentially win the three hundred quid top prize on the PDC Picks apps. Uh, if you are playing though, you've got to be eighteen years old, resident in the UK. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, please gamble responsibly. Uh, if you don't, uh, then Dave Chisnell uh, will force you to wear his vest every day for the rest of your life. And if you or a friend has problems with gambling, visit BeGambleAware.org.